excited uh, about what God is, is doing in our church. I'm more excited that so many of you have decided, you decided, to be a part of what God is doing here at the Nazarene Church. And if you're a guest that's visiting with us today, uh, we're not just going to take for granted that you came once and fell in love with us because some of these people we understand are hard to love. But we do believe that God is doing some incredible things. And if you don't have a church home, we would love to have you join us. Uh, in our mission to minister to this community and love on people in this area. But uh, if you have your Bibles this morning, you can go ahead and be turning to uh, the book of Genesis. That'll be an easy one for you to find. No sweat there. Genesis chapter 16 be our main text we're going to be looking at today. But before we get to our message, I, want, I just want to share with you kind of uh, what God's doing, what uh, the, the weeks ahead are going to look like. I'm so excited. I've kind of been baiting you and hinting to you over the past several months that our board uh, was in the planning stages of doing something really awesome uh, for our children's department and in our children's ministry. But uh, basically, uh, what our board has been doing has been talking about how we might can uh, renovate and utilize our Family Life Center a little better when it comes to children's ministries. Those of you that have been around here a long time know that that Family Life Center is now 20 years old and uh, basically hasn't had not much of anything done to it in those 20 years. And so there's always a time for, for renovation and, and remodeling. And uh, I know we've got a lot of HGTV watchers in here, and so I'm sure you'll have a lot of great ideas. If you do, share those with your church board members, and uh, that we'll uh, consider all ideas, I'm sure. But... Uh, we're, we're excited about uh, working with an architect that uh, is a good friend of our church, Rick Sal. He's been putting together some ideas for us to, to consider uh, as we begin to plan to begin this process. What you'll see on your screen now is kind of a general idea uh, of what the east end of the Family Life Center would look like. Uh, once this project was completed, those are, are that you, those of you that parked back there now, I, I call that the uh, the rear end of the building. Uh, if you ever drive back there, you know what I'm talking about. It's just kind of a a place that isn't that pleasant. But but we would open that up and add uh, some area there, some space there that would allow that to be used for an entrance into a new children's worship area where families with children could come in uh, through the east end of that building, uh, enter into a lobby there for a children's department and check their children in uh, for security purposes to, to be at church and be in the children's ministry during that time. So uh, that's kind of a general idea uh, and concept of what we think that uh, would look like. Now, here's the deal. In the Church of the Nazarene, uh, if a church desires to add additional square footage to their facilities and they intend to borrow any money at all toward that project, then that has to be approved by three different groups of people. The first group of people is the local church board that you have elected to oversee the business of the church and the ministry of the church. And uh, the second group of people would be 
our district properties board, the Church of the Nazarene, as we're part of what they call the North Arkansas District. There's a group of people that oversee all the properties that's owned by the denomination on this district. They would have to look at and approve uh, the plan that we presented to them. And then the third group of people that would have to approve that would be the local church body. And, and so uh, we have already received unanimous approval uh, from the local church board to proceed. We've received approval from our district uh, properties boards. They've looked over our finances. They've looked over what we have planned, what we want to do, and, and they've given us uh, their blessing to proceed. And so the third group of people now is you. And so the way that works is is we are going to be calling a special church meeting. Uh, we have to announce this two weeks prior to holding a special church meeting. And so it's scheduled for February, February the 5th. And we'll be voting in the early service and this 1030 service on uh, giving you an opportunity to approve us going forward uh, with this project, February 5th. So, and also need to make you aware... I'm going to be sharing more details with you about this next week, kind of some of the cost estimates that we're looking at and a little more about what we'd like to do. But I just want to announce this meeting to you. Also, only members of this church will be allowed to vote. You must be 15 years old or older in order to vote. And we have to have a two-thirds vote uh, uh, positive for us to proceed with this project. So next week, we'll be getting you more information about that. Again, this is just kind of a general idea of what we believe this will look like. There are more uh, presentation boards out in the lobby. Uh, feel free to, to look at those and uh, any recommendations that you have. Uh, we, would, we would definitely be willing to entertain those. We don't have it all lined out and figured out yet, but we're excited about what God's doing. Uh, most of all, here's what we ask you to do. Please continue to pray for God's leadership in everything that we do. Pray for our board. Pray for our staff. Pray for those uh, that, that are trying to kind of pave the way for how we can minister to this community and minister to our children. Uh, I don't know if you saw how many kids just went out of here, but we are blessed to have uh, an enormous amount of children and youth in our church. And so uh, we, we want to prepare them to be the church of tomorrow. And so I'll be praying for us and with us about that. But anyway, I'm excited that you're here uh, today. Uh, as we continue this series, we started a couple weeks back called, called You Decide. And uh, basically, I think it fits in perfectly that we're going to give you an opportunity to vote on what we're doing in the future in this series we're calling You Decide. And so we're hoping you decide. How many of you are, are joining us in prayer about this, by the way? Amen? A few of you are going to pray? Good. Awesome. You are great Christian people. I'm a poor pastor, obviously. Everybody that's willing to join us in prayer for this project, say Amen. How many of you are going to give to this project? Say amen. amen. All right. Awesome. That's good. Uh, there is some excitement going on. We hope to not have to borrow much money toward that. 
and uh, already had someone give me a $5,000 check this week toward the project. So God's blessing. He's good. But you get to decide. And uh, I, I trust you with your vote. But uh, we're, we're deciding this week. What we're, what we're doing is, in this series, we're, we're taking a look at some, some major decisions uh, that we get to make. And we talked about this in week one. And the reason uh, we're really focusing in on this is because I asked the question in week one of the series, I said, you know, what are we today? Who are we today? And what we basically are today and where we're at today is basically a result of decisions that we've made in the past, right? I mean, the decisions that we have made in the past have determined who we are today and most of us where we're at today. Whatever decisions that you've made have molded you and shaped you into who you are today and your situation. But here's what is so critical to understand. This is the most important thing that that we really need to get is this. The decisions that you make today are shaping who you're going to be tomorrow. All right? So the decisions you've made in the past have shaped who you are today, but the decisions that you make today are going to shape who you're going to be tomorrow. And what your future is going to look like. And in week one, we talked about deciding uh, we have to make the decision. In week one, we talked about of living out God's purpose for our lives or choosing popularity, right? Does it matter to us more what God thinks of our lives or does it matter to us more what people think? think of our lives. And it was a, it was a challenging uh, message. And if you weren't here, I want to encourage you uh, to go to our website. You can listen online to our website, a podcast, whatever you use for podcast. You can just search on our church name and find those. We also have DVDs available at the Welcome Center. You can order for free. But uh, today, what we're going to do is we're going to be talking about another uh, big decision that every single one of us, I believe, needs to make in some area of our life. And here's what it here's what we're going to be talking about today. Today, we're going to decide whether we are going to surrender or whether we are going to be in control. That's what the decision that we're going to be faced with today. Either we are going to surrender or we are going to continue to be in control because here's the deal. Every single one of us probably has some area in our life that we have got to control, right? Every single one of us have some area in our life that we feel like we have to be in control. And I'll just be honest with you this morning because I know some of you, and some of you, you're control freaks, right? I mean, it, it, it's unhealthy, but, but whether you're a control freak or, or not a control freak, all of us in some way probably struggle with wanting to be in uh, some sort of control. And maybe for you, it's, it's at work, you know, and you, you're not the boss, but you want to be the boss, right? Uh, or or you, uh, you know, on your job, you, you, you're like, you know, we're going to do it my way and we're going to do it in my timing. And if you don't do it my way and don't do it in my timing, then get out of the way. All right. Because it's only going to be done right if I do it anyway. Right. And so, you know what, if that's you, you're, you're control free, right? You, you, you've got to control everybody at work and what everybody's doing and, and how they do it. Maybe it's at home. 
You know, we talked about in the early service today, I kind of got tongue-tied, and it was funny. And I can't even say what I said again because I, it just was weird. But, you know, some of us, uh, some of you, I won't say us, some of you uh, just kind of freak out about the weirdest things. Like whether I, I see people mowing their yards, and if this is you, I just want you to know you're a control freak, all right? I see people mowing their yards at like like make designs, all right, and, and diagonals, and 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 you know you go by and it's mowed this way this week and this way this week, and I'm like, that's just sick and wrong. That's that's control, all right. You're a control freak if that's what you do. Just cut the grass, all right. It don't matter. Just cut the grass. But some of you, it drives you crazy that the lines don't all go, you know, in, in the same direction. Or uh, maybe, and I, I don't know if. Is it, is it just, like, horrible to put a glass on the wrong rack in the dishwasher? I mean, really? Is it that big of a deal? Those of you saying yes, control freaks. Uh, it really does not matter if the glass is on the top shelf or the bottom shelf. It doesn't. I've washed them on both, and they both get clean. All right? Maybe your struggle is to... My wife's not here in this service, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty well unleashed on this one today, folks, just so you know. Um, some, of these, some of these issues may have been issues we deal with in our house, uh, maybe or maybe not. You know, some of us, not only do we like to control situations, but we like to control people. You know, we want to dictate what they're going to do and, and when they're going to do it and all that, and... And, and you know, when we do that, all we really are doing is is making those people miserable, uh, and making ourselves miserable as far as that goes. But just so we're all on the same page this morning, you need to know that everything, every situation that I've described up to this point, is my life. <laughs> okay, I'm the control freak in the room. I may be the only one here today. I doubt it because y'all freaked out about the glass on the wrong shelf. So I, I think I've got some company here today, but uh, you need to know that, that this message today is as much for me as it is anybody else in this room. Okay. Uh, and, and it's easy to joke about, but what I want to do today is I want to talk about the bigger issue with this uh, control issue, because the reality is uh, when we're trying to control something, that's really not ours to control. I, I believe it really comes down to a spiritual issue in our life. And it's a bigger issue than we actually want to acknowledge. Because what we're trying to do in whatever area that it is that we're trying to control is we're trying to be God. We're, we're trying to do His job. We're trying to make things happen the way we want them to happen instead of allowing God to do things the way he wants to do them. And so, you know, the reason that I feel like I want to be in control, the reason that I feel like we want to control is because a lot of times I think I know what's best. You know, and so what are we doing? When we think we know what's best, then we think we know more than or as much as God. And so we need to be really careful about this. And here's what I'm learning. The more that I try to control, the more I freak out about not being in control, right? The more that I'm trying to control, the more I worry about losing control. 
And, and so, you know, and I, I don't, I, I, I believe that I'm not the only one here today that struggles with this. The more that we're afraid of losing control, the more we, we try to control. And so our text this morning in Genesis chapter 16 is going to show us a a, a situation. It's going to show us a story of control that goes really bad, all right? And I mean really, really bad. It's a story about Abram and Sarah. Uh, Later, their names uh, are are Abraham and Sarah. Uh, But anyway, Abram and Sarah, they, they really battled with having control issues in their own life. We see uh, one time when Abram was, uh, he was afraid for their safety. And so he actually lied and he tried to take control of the situation and says, you know, she's not my wife, she's my sister and, and all that. You know, it didn't go so well. He tried to control that situation. The biggest example though of Abraham uh, and Sarah was when they were childless. Okay. And they wanted to have kids really, really bad. Uh, I mean, they, they, they were, uh, uh, you know, God had actually promised Abraham that he was going to be the father of many nations. But Sarah just wasn't getting pregnant. I mean, it wasn't happening. She couldn't conceive. It wasn't happening. And so they tried and they waited and they tried and they waited and they waited and they waited and they waited. And so Sarah, she did what a lot of us do. She got tired of waiting on God. All right. She got tired of waiting on what God said he was going to do, what God had promised he was going to do, and she took control of the situation herself. And this is the story we find in Genesis chapter 16. I'm going to start verses 1 and 2. It tells us this. Now Sarah, Abram's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go sleep with my slave. So do you see what what she's doing here? She's taking control. It goes on to to say, perhaps I, right? Perhaps who? Perhaps I. God's not going to do it, so I'm going to take control. If God's not going to make it happen, I'm going to make it happen. And I can build a family myself through her. And Abram agreed to what Sarah said. Verse 3 and 4 goes on to say, So after Abram had been living in Canaan ten years, Sarai, his wife, took her Egyptian slave Hagar and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with Hagar, and she conceived. God had made them a promise, but they got tired of waiting. They didn't like God's timing, and so what did they do? They took control of the situation. And that's when... It goes so bad. It, it went so bad. And, and here's what happens next, and it's, it's mind-blowing how this one controlling situation, how, how it ended up impacting so many people and so many generations for centuries and centuries after that. But get this, Hagar, the slave, she gets pregnant by Abram. She gives birth to a son. They named the son Ishmael. Then later on, Sarah does get pregnant. She conceives. She has a son. They name her son Isaac. And if you look at the descendants of Ishmael and the descendants of Isaac, it's stunning what you see and what you find. Out of Ishmael comes the Palestinians. Out of Ishmael comes Muhammad. Right? Out of Isaac. You have the Jews. Out of Isaac, you also have Jesus. 
And here we are today, all right, centuries later. And there is still this huge tension between the Palestinians and the Jews. And there's this tension between followers of Muhammad and followers of Christ. You see, control went bad. When they took control, look at the effect that it had on our world for years and years and years uh, to come. They said, it's not happening in my timing, so I'm going to make it happen. And we so often do the exact same thing that Abram and Sarah did. It's not happening in my timing, so I'm going to make it happen. And I heard one preacher uh, sharing on this, and he said, the moral of this story is this, and don't miss this. And some of you may want to write this down this morning, but he said, I mean, never, ever, ever sleep with a woman named Hagar. It'll go bad, I promise, right? And I thought, you know, none of us probably will ever be faced with a situation like that. But you will be tempted to want to control something. Right? Tempted to take control when something's not going the way you want it to go. When something's not going the way that you plan. And, and maybe you're here today and, and you're here and you're a young, single Christian girl. And you want more than anything to meet a single, great Christian guy. But you can't find that single Christian guy. He hadn't come along yet. God hadn't brought him into your life. And so what, what do we have the tendency to do? Well, we get tired of waiting on God and we settle. And we settle for what is not God's best. But we settle because we want to control the situation. And you settle for a guy that's really not that great of a guy. But you can control the situation still, right? I mean, you can change him you can lead him to Jesus, and you can change him, and you can, made, you can make him be what you want him and what you need him to be because you're in control. That's your Hagar. That's your Hagar. Maybe it's your, your finances, and you're really struggling, and I know a lot of folks are, are really struggling in our economy today, and I understand it. And you know that you're supposed to put God first. You know that you're supposed to tithe, and that's an act of worship to God. We talked about that a, a month or so ago. And you know that God will bless you for that. But right now, it's impossible. Right now, it just doesn't make sense to you, and you don't have enough money to do it. And so what do you do? You take control. You take control of God's money. And you control every single penny and you do it your way. That's your Hagar. That's your Hagar. Maybe it's your family. And you're trying to control everything that everybody does in your family. Because you can maneuver, manipulate, shift. You can make everybody be and do exactly what you want them to be and do. We, we, we call those helicopter parents. Now, we don't have any helicopter parents in our, in our church. I know 
uh, we don't. But uh, I, I'll give you an example of a helicopter parent. Little Billy uh, tonight is going to announce to you that he's known for eight weeks his science fair project is due tomorrow. Helicopter parent's going to fly right in there and do that little project for little Billy so he has it done tomorrow. That'd be a helicopter project. You're controlling little Billy. Or, oh no, little Susie, you mean they wouldn't let you play outside at recess today because you didn't share your ball with the other kids on the playground? And they didn't let you have your recess because of that? Well, I can control that. I'll just march down there at that school, and I'll line that teacher out. I can control that. That's your Hagar. That's your Hagar. You're trying to control the people and the situation. And I don't know today what your Hagar is. I'm just throwing out some examples there. Uh, I don't know who it is or what it is that you're tempted to control. But I have a feeling that you do. I have a feeling that you do. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to just think about it for a minute. We're going to just kind of back up, take a deep breath, and pause here. Because I want you to think about what it is or who it is or what the situation is today that you are trying to control. You may even need to write this down. You may want to write it down there on your bulletin today. An area that you're trying to control. What is it? What is it for you? Is it a person? Is it a thing? Is it a situation? Think about it. Give it a name. Give it a name. What are you trying to control? Are you trying to control your kids? You trying to control your grown kids? You trying to control your grown kids because they're not raising your grandkids right? Are you trying to control your finances? Your spouse? What is it that you are trying to control? And you may be sitting there thinking right now, I'm not doing this. This is dumb. (laughs) I'm not doing what he says. And that's okay. Hey, that's perfectly fine. You just stay in control. You just stay in control. That's your Hagar. Stay in control and see how it works out for you. Stay in control and see what the consequences are in the long run. You decide. You decide. We get to decide. Listen, just ask yourself this. Is this something that is really mine to control in the first place? Or is this something that I'm supposed to trust to the Lord? You decide. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 5 says this. This is familiar. Here's what I want you to do today. You all know this verse and you all have it memorized. I want you to pretend today like you've never heard this. Pretend like you're hearing or reading this verse for the very first time today. And it says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That's surrender. Okay? Trusting in the Lord with all your heart is surrender. 
And then it says, and lean not on your own understanding. That's your control. Let go. Trust in the Lord. Surrender it to his plan. Trust in the Lord. Surrender it to his timing. Don't lean on your own understanding. Don't you control.